Okay, so let's let's do this right. Welcome back to the Pistol Firing Podcast. Uh, we are broadcasting this, we're streaming this live on Facebook, but later we are turning it into a podcast, hopefully with better audio quality. Uh, we got a ton of questions today, which is awesome. People, uh, I put the post out there earlier in the day. People sent in some great questions, and uh, yeah, so let's. Um, Let's start by getting our, our toast and our uniform stuff out of the way, and then we'll get to the questions. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay, so let's start off. It's time for the Coupe Works Toast of the Week. Coupe Works bring great-tasting craft beer in Oklahoma City. Try the flagship F5 IPA, the bold DNR Belgian Strong Ale, or the refreshing Horny Toad Blonde. Except for not this week. For your next watch party, tailgate, or get together with friends, enjoy a cold Coupe Works, and please remember to drink responsibly. So... If you're watching live, the reason we're doing these readings is because later on these are getting turned into podcasts, and that's part of our our deal with Coop. And, and later we'll talk about Chris's university spirit. So, uh, Carson, give me your uh, your toast of the week. And if you're not ready, then I've got mine ready. Oh, I've got mine ready. I'm going to toast a, okay. a DNR, a strong Belgian ale, as you called it, uh, to Mason Rudolph. 423 yards in the first half. Are you kidding me? And I went on the radio today, and they were just like, ah, Pitt stinks. This is this is OSU's first real test. I'm like, Pitt held Penn State, who Bruce Feldman just called the most dynamic offense in the country. I have a lot of respect for Bruce Feldman. So to see the most dynamic offense in the country only put up 300 yards against Pitt and then watch Mason Rudolph throw for 400 yards in the first half and put up 49 points, I mean, this guy is unbelievable and deserves all the toasts. And I – I don't buy the notion that OSU's played three cupcakes, three Kevin Durant's. I don't think they've played three of those. And uh, and so I, I got to toast Mason Rudolph. He's been flawless through uh, three games. He's been unbelievable and has a chance to really – it's absolutely – speaking of the Big Ten, what is Penn State, Iowa, doing the primetime game on Saturday? Why is it not OSU versus, versus uh, TCU? It's a joke. It's another reason the Big 12 is just – getting crapped on nationally. It's just ridiculous. OSU TC is the biggest game in the country, and Mason deserves the big, the toast for DNR. Wow. Just I'm just hot. I'm bringing it today. Out, Where are you at? Out of the gate. So um, I have an issue with pe- pe- people think that – like like the take that I'm hearing you talk about where people are like, ah, oh, Pitt stinks, like Tulsa stinks, like all this stuff. They might not be that great, but if, if that's your take, then you're just looking at box scores. You're not watching games. This team is viscerally and in every way different from the last two teams. We've, I, I, I'm, I'm more guilty than anyone. I've pumped up the last two teams. Like 2015, they got 10-0 in November. Of course I'm going to pump them up. I run an Oklahoma State blog, and they're 10-0 in November. What do you want me to do? But this team looks <laughs> – this team looks so much different than, than those other two teams. Like, and I said this from game from, from after the first drive on game one, like it's a, it's a completely different offense. It's a completely different team. So if you're, if you're, if your take is that Pitt stinks, that might be true, but it can also be true that Oklahoma state's really, really good. Uh, and, and I just, I, I don't buy that this is their first test. I think they are who they are. I think they're going to hammer TCU this weekend. I really do. I, I, I don't. I don't think. I think it's going to be a three or four touchdown game. I mean, that's how good I think this team is. They might not. I might be wrong. Um, but uh, I don't know. That's just kind of where I stand on that. 
Do you have a toast? Yeah, I do have a toast. I'm going uh, uh, briefcase brown to Chris Carson. Um, he's been tearing it up for the Seahawks. He's basically their their number one guy right now at running back. And uh, I don't know. I just think that's cool. Good for him. That had been his goal. I mean, it's everybody's goal, but his trajectory all along had been to get to the NFL. And now he's in one of the better organizations and playing really well. He had, I think, 93 yards against the 49ers on Sunday. So hopefully he goes kind of in the way of, of recent um, success stories of Oklahoma State in the NFL. Dez and those guys gets paid, gets his money. Uh, he, he did. I thought he was uh, awesome at Oklahoma State his last year and, and kind of played the role that Oklahoma State needed him to play. And uh, I don't know, good for him for uh, succeeding with the – uh, Seahawks so far in the NFL. Not bad for a seventh round draft pick. I mean, just to make a team, seventh round yeah. draft pick is hard to do, let alone become the starting running back for what's been perennially one of the best running games in the NFL. Seahawks know what they're doing. So that's awesome for him. And, and back to your original point, I believe you texted me after Tyron hauled in the touchdown in the first series that OSU was winning it all. Yeah. Do you stand by that? Yeah, yeah I did. I mean, it was a little hyperbole, but like, if you don't think this offense is probably the best Oklahoma State's ever had, then you've not like I. You're not watching games. Like I watch every I've watched every game for the last seven years, and it's different. It just is. Like I, I don't know. There's not. I mean, I can point to stats. I can point to whatever. But just to watch it, it's completely different. And if you don't see that, then I don't know. I'm sorry. Not uh, my problem. Uniform take? Are we doing a uni uni review? Well. Somebody on here is saying that uh, the orange factor is claiming that Zach Crabtree has been ruled out this week with turf toe and his backup broke his leg in practice. Is this fake news? I have no idea if that's true, but the orange factor on Twitter is also the same person that predicted that uh, Joe Mixon was out for Bedlam last year with, what did he have, like a broken hip or something? Broken leg. Same same injury. Yeah. He's just, all, he's, he's just, he's got all the broken leg takes. So, Believe whatever you want. I'm just telling you uh, this guy's track record in the past. The best part was on the Joe Mixon thing was like the night that that came out from him. Joe Mixon was like spotted at the OU basketball game walking around. People took pictures of it. <laughs> it's, like, it's like immediately no cast, nothing like. You know, this yeah. What, what are some yeah. legit? Um, okay. You want you ready for uniform? Yeah. Okay, let's get to this week's uniform preview brought to you by Chris's University Spirit. Your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, okay, give it to me, Carson. What's your, uh, what's your preview for this weekend? Oh, I'm still not ready. Um, I, I mean, let's be honest. They're wearing all black. You think? 2.30 game, they might not. It might be a little warm. It might be a little toasty for all black. But they're going to they're gonna bring out the big dogs for TCU. Do you have a pick yet? I'm, I'm still waffling. Well, you always want to hear my picks first. What would, You should go with your original week one pick this week. You are the last person to make your pick every single week in our Slack chat thing. So That's true. That's very true. So don't, don't get on me about sandbagging. What do you got? Yeah. Um, I think they're going to wear orange in some capacity because they haven't, they haven't worn it in a while. But I guess they wore orange pants in South Alabama. Um, I got mine. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. 
black, orange, black. Uh, which black helmet? I hope not Ed Hardy, barbed wire. I'm going to say the badge with the chrome face mask. They got to bring that helmet back. I don't know if they can do it this soon after just wearing it, you know, against South Alabama. But man, that would be that would be good. Black, orange, black with the uh, Marshall Marshall badge. I think I'm going to go black, black, orange. The uh, uh, Dave Hudson special. Yeah, they wore it against Kansas like in 2011, I think, and they yep. wore it against somebody, Iowa State last year, I think. Somebody. No. I, I don't. They only wore it once, and that was for Kansas in 2011. I'm pretty sure they wore it against Iowa State last year. No, you're wrong. They, they, what did they wear for Iowa State? Is that fake orange, news? orange, black, orange, because I got it dead right, down to the helmet. You're so proud of yourself. Right I'm heating now. up this year. I, I got the combination right. You, you still didn't want to give me any credit for getting the combination right, but I did. Uh, I'm on fire right now, so I'll probably get this one right too. Yeah, I'm gonna go black, black, orange with the uh, the badge as well. Um, I want I want to see either of those. The, both of those would look awesome. So yeah, but, uh, they haven't been pulling any punches so far, so I have no reason to believe they would try to get weird for TCU. Yeah, I mean it's it's an all time season. You wanna you wanna come out with the, the all time uni combos as well. You know what? I I was shopping for like mini helmets the other day for my office that I'm that's under construction right now. And I came across Lil Bo Pete, the orange helmet with the white face mask and the tiny little Pete circle head. They really wore that. That was a real helmet that they they all put together and said, Yep, this is gonna look good. We're gonna wear this. Isn't that amazing how far we've come since then? I'm trying to forget about it still. <laughs> you yeah, it, was, it, was, it was atrocious. It was so bad. That, that was against Iowa State, wasn't it? When Walsh like, ran for 800 yards. I guess. I, think, I, I try to forget. I think, when, I think it was when he broke his leg. Um, oh, it, was, uh, it was TCU at home. Mm. The, Josh Stewart, oh, yeah. the Josh Stewart meme. Yeah, that was that's. Oh, I need. We need to post that this week. If Southwell's watching, you need to post that. Um, okay, you want to get to the questions? We got forty-five of them. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Would you rather have uh, Baker Mayfield play for OU in two thousand fourteen if it meant Oklahoma State would lose Bedlam that year, so the Tyree Kill punt return, and in the bowl streak, uh, but he exhausts his eligibility last year, <laughs> or would you want it the way it is, where Oklahoma State has to play him maybe twice in two thousand seventeen? That is a great question. First off, great question. That was from Brian. Yeah. I, I, wa I want to say I want to say have Baker play, but who knows who the head coach is right now? If if that happens, you know, in that game. Stop. Stop. What do you mean stop? Was Mike Gundy was getting fired? Maybe they don't go to a bowl no. game. He was the crankiest dude on the face of the planet. Think of how everything changed after that. That one game. Yeah. No, that, you're right about that. Game, they go to the bowl game. They stomp a Washington team that had, like, three first-round picks on it. It, it wiped away all – the, the cloud was lifted over Mike Gundy's then non-mullet and has changed the program. I mean, it, it's been – it was a real turning point in the program's history. I assume you're just going to say, yeah, I wish he would play so he wouldn't play in this year. No, I, I don't – I think it's a really good question. I, I think um, – I think I agree with you 
because you, you don't, I mean, you don't know how, how Rudolph pans out otherwise. Like, we know what we have right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I would rather have Mayfield uh, just the way things are rather than him exhausting his eligibility. And doesn't it mean more to beat OU at full strength, at, like, at the peak of their powers? Wouldn't well, I, mean, it, I know yeah. I know OSU fans don't care, but – isn't it more fulfilling to beat OU in a top five matchup, peak of their powers, than it is beating Cody Thomas in Norman? Yeah. Well, they couldn't even beat – who's the kid that transferred to Utah after he beat him in Stillwater? Kendall Thompson? That was that was Blake Bell. Kendall Thompson threw one pass and got intercepted. Well, they lost to like eight quarterbacks that day. It was atrocious. But um, – Yes, you're right. And this is my this has been my point with Baker Mayfield all along. It's like he's he's amazing for not only OU, but college football and for Oklahoma State. He beating Landry Jones at home is great, obviously, but beating Baker Mayfield twice to win the Big Twelve, that's the that's the best thing that's ever happened to Oklahoma State or that would be the best thing that's ever happened to Oklahoma State football. I mean, he is such a lightning rod around which people rally. Um and this is why like Oklahoma State fans get so upset when they're like, oh, you know, I, I hate Baker Mayfield. I wish he wasn't there. Baker Mayfield's great for Oklahoma State because he gives everybody a rallying point. And, I mean, he's so easy to hate, right? Like, it's – I don't know. Like, I just think he's great not only for OU but for Oklahoma State as well. He's like a professional wrestler. Yeah. He, he will, yeah. If you're an OSU fan. But, uh, no, I, I – if you can guarantee me Mike Gundy's still the coach, of course you would have wanted Baker to play in 2014. But a great question nonetheless. Yeah, that's really good. Um, from Sean Murphy, will Mason and Justice play past the third quarter against TCU? Will he play past the third quarter? Mason and Justice, will they play in the fourth quarter, basically? Uh, Yes, they'll play in the fourth quarter. I, I don't think it's going to be that big of a blowout to where you can just pull your starters. So I, I would say yes. I do think OSU's going to win and, and win pretty convincingly, but not not to that extent. I say they don't play in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so what do you got them winning by? You laughed at me about, say, about the, saying they were going to hammer Pitt, and then they go out and score on their first seven possessions. I, I picked them to beat Pitt by, like, 17 points, 18 points. No, remember we were talking last week, and I said, I think they're going to just house pit. And you said, well, if they do, then it's time to recalibrate everything. Like, you, you didn't think that, 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 that they were going to score as much as they did. You're right. I definitely didn't think they were going to score. Based, half. Yeah. Based on what Penn State did. And, I mean, a reasonable take. Like, yeah. Penn State's pretty good. Well, well, we'll see if you're right this week. Okay. Um, after three games, this is from Brian again. Uh, after three games, Kyle, do you stand by your wide receiver depth take? No. Uh, yeah, I do. I stand by it. Wide receiver depth is overrated. I'll keep saying that as long as I run the website. Okay. I mean, after what you're witnessing right now this season, you still don't. How can you, you still don't that? understand the question? I understand the question. You're fine. You don't understand the answer. No, not true. Okay, here's the question. You still haven't answered this question. Would you rather have Justin Blyman and three Josh Coopers or four Chris Lacey's? Obviously, you'd want Blackman because Josh Cooper is a better receiver than Chris Lacey. Bad example by you. Okay, 
Okay, so three uh, Anthony Parkses. And Justin Blackman? Yeah. And four Chris Lacey's? Give me four Chris Lacey's. No, that's not true. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. You'd rather have Justin Blackman. Anthony Parks. Three yeah. No, no kidney. Guy, guy couldn't catch a cold, didn't make a play in Stillwater. Now, if you, re, if you recalibrate your answer, your your hypothetical, then I'll, I'll st I get what you're saying, but wide receiver depth absolutely matters if you have a Justin Blackman or if you don't. I'm just saying it's overrated. People, people think that it's this end-all, be-all, and it's not. People do? Who said it was an end-all, be-all? I, I just think that people rate, like, coming into the season, everybody's like, oh, they're so deep. They're so, it doesn't matter. Like, as long as you have James Washington, you can still be 90% as good as you are with, with five guys. But it's not like they say this all the time. They said that because it's true. Have you watched the game? You've watched every game you said. I mean. You still don't, you still don't understand the argument. You don't understand the argument. I, like, I'm not saying that Oklahoma State's receivers are overrated. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that wide receiver depth in general is overrated. I disagree. So you would rather have four Chris Lacey's than a Justin Blackman and three Anthony Parks? Uh, absolutely. Chris Lacey's going to play in the NFL. Okay, that's fine. I mean, so you do disagree. But that, that's the actual argument, not what we've been talking about in the past. You're in the minority on this one. I'll just say that. That's fine. I'm in the minority on a lot of stuff. Um, some guy named Jeff says, you don't really answer any of the questions anyway. Oh, where's Keenan Brown been? I was expecting him to make an impact this year, and I don't remember seeing him at all. I don't remember seeing any Cowboy backs, but uh, you had a report on your blog that they're still using them and using them in the running game. But uh, he just strikes me as more of a receiver, and I don't think that's what they're really asking their cowboy backs to do right now. I think they're asking them to block, occasionally run a route, but I don't see them as big receiving threats with all the receiving depth that they have. Yeah, I, I think that he's kind of been bummed down the, uh, the depth chart a little bit. And I think, uh, I think Hayden did a good job of kind of pointing out that Britton Abbott and uh, the Samoan guy, whose name I have no idea how to pronounce, uh, have been really good in, in terms of, of run blocking. And that's, you know, that's more what you need them for rather than, than receiving, like you said. Um, okay, that's a good, this is a good question. If, if Mikey Y leaves at the end of the year, do you think the next offensive coordinator is an internal or external hire? And to follow that up, who does, who does Mikey Wyatt take with him? And then who does Oklahoma State promote? That's kind of a big question. Let's stick with the first part of that, internal or external. Uh, I think internal. I think Josh Henson would be the guy. You know, he was the offensive coordinator at Missouri. He had one just atrocious year that was, it was historically bad to where he got fired at Missouri. Um, but I still think he, he did a really good job up until that one year that was a disaster. And he's, a, he's an OSU guy. He's done an incredible job already with the offensive line. I think he would be a ready-made replacement um, to, to Mike Yersich. Um, so I, I don't know. I, don't, I think Gundy would be tempted once again to hire a guy that he thinks, he thinks would stay, kind of like Yersich. He's talked a lot about that lately. But I think Josh Henson would be more willing to stay than most because um, 
you know, he's an OSU guy, and he's, he took less money to come to Stillwater. Would you rather have Josh Henson or Marcus Arroyo as the offensive coordinator? Uh, don't tempt me with Arroyo. See all those running backs he's recruited. Um, I mean, Arroyo's been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. It'd be hard to say no to him. But uh, Henson has more experience at the collegiate level with offensive coordinating, and, and Arroyo didn't do a very good job in Tampa. That's why he got let go. Uh, I would probably take the recruiting prowess of, of Arroyo just because – just look at the talent he brought in a running back after they had none. Yeah. Um, I would take either guy. I think it would be great. Uh, what? Eve Bateau, what? Why not? Why not? Why not what? Why wouldn't you want either guy? So I said I would take either guy. I think oh, great. okay. I got you. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, and you know – to, to his credit, Josh Henson has recruited phenomenal. I mean, he's been sort of the offensive line uh, recruiter or the recruiter on the offensive line that Arroyo was for the running back. So, I mean, I think there's some yeah. some merit there. The question is, like, and, and this is the thing. I think we talked about this. I don't think I don't think Yersich gets enough credit for going and finding a first-rounder in South Carolina and getting him to Stillwater. That's a big deal. And so, like, your next coordinator, that's that's vital. It's finding quarterbacks. I mean, Gundy talks about that all the time. Um, may have, has he found one? I guess they got Spencer Sanders coming in, but the current roster's a little dicey. Yeah, it is for sure. Okay, this is from Justin Southwell. Uh, he said, Eve Batoba believes TCU has the best uniforms in the conference outside of Oklahoma State. Do you agree or disagree? Absolutely not. I'd I take a moment there for a second just to let that sink in. Uh, anybody, with, anybody with purple ain't winning anything. Why? He said that's why he likes it, because of the color scheme. Well, they have to wear black, which isn't a school color. Like They're like a high school team that, look, we got black jerseys. We can look cool now. We don't have to wear purple and white. This is great. So, no. I, I disagree. Uh. I like them maybe more than you. I mean, do you rank them at the bottom? What, what do you, how do you have Oh, I mean, they're, they're certainly in the, in the upper echelon of the Big 12, maybe top three or four. I mean, they, okay. they come up with cool stuff. And I, I'm, I'm mostly playing with, with him uh, on that. But yeah. I just, I don't think you can put them the best in the league. I, I like them. They, I mean, they, they get knocked down for me because of the camo stuff and, like, it's just a little, they get a little crazy sometimes. They get out of their world sometimes. Um, <laughs> Other box. And Texas is, Texas has the number two spot for me. I mean, that's obvious. Yeah, that was pretty solid. I love that Texas went back to the brown Longhorn. Get rid of that chrome Longhorn. You got to wear the brown one. Yeah. Um, okay. If Oklahoma State were to win Bedlam convincingly, so November 4th Bedlam, and run the table and climb to the number one spot in the college football playoff rankings going into the Big 12 championship. So they're number one, 12-0 going into the, the Big 12 title. Can they lose that game and still remain in the playoff? And yeah. if so, do you, rest your, do you rest your starters? That's what this guy wants to know. We are a long way from there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you do you rest your starters for the Big 12 championship game? Wouldn't, like, 
if we're, Gundy where would, are we at? Like Gundy would be fired, would he not? I guess you can't fire him if he's twelve and zero and number one in the country. <laughs> could you like Skip Bayless's head would literally explode if that happened? Like all the talk shows would be. Uh, yeah, to answer the question, yes, they, they could because if it's OU and OU's only loss is OSU and they've beaten Ohio State and they're both have one loss against each other or against if OU's only, uh, yeah, if they're only losses against each other, then I think you could have the Bedlam uh, three match, the Bedlam three match. I love it. Okay, it looks like I'm going to uh, finish this one off myself. We lost Carson. Where are we at in society? I don't know. It's not good. Um, uh, can you can can people hear me or now? Are you able to hear me? Okay, good. I'll finish this one off myself. Um, sorry about Carson. Actually, before I finish it off. Uh, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit. Again, this is for the people that are listening to the podcast. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, we're back. Um, next question from Seth. This is a good one. Would you rather Oklahoma State get a, a playoff berth and Baker Mayfield win the Heisman? Or have OU get a playoff berth but Rudolph win the Heisman? Um, it's a no-brainer for me. Uh, I don't. Baker Mayfield can have the Heisman uh, as long as Oklahoma State gets into the playoff. And uh, I actually think all of those parties might say the same thing. I think Rudolph would say playoff and no Heisman, and I think Baker Mayfield would say Heisman and no playoff possibly. So that one's pretty easy. Um, any thoughts on Arkansas's Dallas Cowboys uniforms they're wearing on Saturday? They're awesome. I was talking about this with somebody at lunch today. More teams, I mean, there, there's not that many opportunities to do something like that, but for people who haven't seen, Arkansas is basically styling their uniforms uh, after the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they are um, keeping their same colors, red, gray, and white, or whatever they're wearing, uh, but they look exactly like, like the Cowboys, including the helmets and everything, so uh, pretty awesome. Um, This is from Matt. Thoughts on establishing the run game? It was better than the stat line last week, but still could improve. Does Oklahoma State try to impose their will running if they're up by two or three touchdowns? I don't know that they're like setting out in a game to do anything specific running or passing. I mean, Gundy said this earlier this week. They kind of just do whatever the, the defense dictates that they do. Uh, and I think the running game, it wasn't good at South Alabama, but I was fine with it at Pitt because they just – I mean, they just had guys open at receiver. It wasn't, it, it wasn't a lack of being able to run the ball. Um, now, I know they didn't end with a great yards per carry, but if you watch Justice Hill in the first half, they were, to, they were able to, to run it plenty. Um, 
is Gary Patterson underrated as a coach in the Big 12? I think one of the interesting questions is most underrated coach in the Big 12. I think it might be Mike Gundy. Uh, he gets a lot of credit for uh, extracurricular things, the mullet. Uh, there's a lot of talk about Ben Pickens' money, whatever. But uh, I think he's a really, really good coach. And even though he's pretty highly rated already, I think he still might be a little bit underrated. Um, let's see here. We'll do a couple more. When Mason Rudolph wins the Heisman, who will be happier, Yursich and Gundy, or Mason Rudolph's mom and dad? Uh, probably Yursich, and he should be. I mean, I still say it's an incredible coup to go into uh, South Carolina and, and, and get him away from LSU and Clemson and uh, all those other uh, schools that were recruiting him. Um, percent chance that Oklahoma State has asked J.W. Walsh for some pointers on the TCU scheme and signals. Uh, I don't. I don't think that. Um, I don't think Oklahoma State really cares. Like Gundy has kind of insinuated as much. I think he's. I mean, he's basically said like, teams are just going to do what they do, and we're going to do what we do, and. Um, you know, we'll, we'll sort it out on Saturday. So I, I, I doubt that they've done that. We do want to try to get him uh, on a podcast, though. That would be uh, that would be pretty cool. Hayden Barber did a really cool interview with him where he said he talked about wanting to be the, a coach of, or the head coach someday at Oklahoma State, and we sort of are uh, hyperbolic about that. Like J.D. Walsh has a long way to go before he's a head coach, but that would be. Um, that would be pretty cool. Uh, as, as, as overrated as I felt like he might be as a player, I think he, he, it would be pretty awesome to have him uh, as a coach someday. Okay, we're trying to get him. Carson, you're back. Back at it. What happened? I don't know. My mic quit working on my phone, apparently. I have no idea what happened. You did. Get you some new equipment. I got an iPhone 7, man. iPhone 7 Plus. This thing shouldn't just go out on me like that. It's sad. I just I just answered basically the rest of the questions. So I blame Facebook for that, not my phone. Yeah, that's a good that's a good company to blame. That's smart. Zucker, Zuckerberg. It's all his fault. I've got I've got some I've got some ideas for the future of this since we've been enjoying it and it's been what? Squinky got Carson's mic. That's so true. Yeah, it might be true, but. Hopefully we're going to get a more professional setup going here. I've got some uh, some things I'm working on, so maybe someday we'll have our own studio. Yeah, I'm, I'm, constru I'm constructing mine right now. You, you already have dubious. a studio. You look dubious. You already have a studio. What are you, what are you gonna What are you gonna build? Are you gonna build a two story shed? No, with like a desk and in person and the whole deal. Who knows? Okay, um, mine's under construction. You've seen you've seen some uh, some stills. Yeah, it's great. It looks good. Uh, any final thoughts on TCU or this weekend? Where are you going to Stillwater? Yeah, I'll be up there. Um, I'm with you, Kyle. This team has looked not even close to the same team we've seen the last two or three years. Uh, I think it's time to re recalibrate the expectations. As I've said, they're no longer just Big 12 contenders; they're national title contenders. And I yep. think I'm with you this week. I think they're gonna. I think they're going to put a whooping on TCU. And I think – I thought they've done all they can 
to get attention, but if they do that to a conference level opponent, especially one who's in the upper tier of the conference like TCU, I think that'll really start to turn even more heads because they turned a lot of heads with the, the pit win. You know, a lot of Pat Forty had him in his top four, several others as well. So I think I think it's going to be a, a big time performance, and it's just a shame it's not the national game on, on Saturday night. But other than that, it's going to be a fun day at Stillwater. Do we know who's calling? Is is Joel Clack calling it or no? No, it's it's on ESPN. It's it's greasy oh, and uh, that's right. Someone else. I can't I can't remember the whole team. But I was thinking uh, of next week at uh, Texas Tech, but Clyde will be there because that's the national game of the week on Fox. Tortilla, tortillas sound tasty, according to Mason Rudolph. What? Yeah, that was great. Why would you Why would you pick Oklahoma State Tech over Oklahoma State TCU? Uh, well. I can't remember how it all works, but obviously Fox had first pick that next week, and that's what they wanted. Yeah, but I'm saying, why didn't they pick that this week? What's the Fox game this week? I have no idea. Oh, I don't know. That's true. I don't work for I don't work for Fox, bro. <laughs> okay. Um, prediction. Uh, Penn State Iowa prediction. Is that what you wanted? Yeah, three to two. Six to four. <laughs> Penn State. <laughs> uh, no, I'll, I'll go. Uh, I got to go higher with my score on offense after what I've seen. I, I think TCU is a better defense than than even maybe Pitt. But they had they had their issues with SMU last week. So um, they've just, they've seen nothing like OSU either. So I'm gonna go forty five. To 24. Okay. The, the score I had in my head uh, was 52 to 23. So, pretty similar. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that, I mean, what if Oklahoma State scores, like, 60 against TCU? D- don't you want Gundy to, like, run it up a little more? Uh, Maybe in this game. I, I didn't care about Pitt or Tulsa. Um. I think you have to with the playoff committee, don't you? I, I think more so in conference play, yeah. I, I don't – I don't. the pit thing, it's like just don't get your guys injured before the conference starts. Once the conference yep. starts and into October, I, I think maybe so. But, uh, but yeah, and I, I think that – I think maybe they will. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think he's going to try to score like 80, but I think that he'll leave the guys in and, and not, not – not take them out maybe as early as, as he would have against, or as he did against Pitt. No, I agree, and I don't I don't mean do anything silly like leaving Mason in until three minutes to go, nothing like that. But as you mentioned, people just watch box scores half the time. Yeah, yeah. And that that OU team in two thousand eight scored sixty in five straight games in conference play. Yeah, I think that's a good way to send a message: scoring sixty, a string of games in conference. But did the did. Well, okay, I want to get your take on this. Do you think the playoff committee just watches box scores? I don't think they watch the whole game, no. I think if I think if you're on that, like, line. Barry, Al- Barry Alvarez up past 8 o'clock? <laughs> I'm, that's an actual question. I, I don't think Yeah, maybe is. not. But I think if you're on that line, like the 4, 5, 6 or whatever, I think that they're going pretty deep on those games and looking back and saying, okay, what, what actually unfolded here? Maybe not. I've never been in that room. But from an outsider looking in, that's, that's how I feel. 
don't get out of that box. Yeah. I told I told one of my kids not just, he got out of his Jude. I told Jen he he got out of his world like a little bit. He got out of his box like the whole deal. I'll never forget uh, going to see Jack in his crib, and he was just looking up at me like, "Please get me out of this box. Get me yeah. out of this." He was he was in his box, so that was good. <laughs> in his cage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we're gonna have CPS show up at our at our place because you set our kids in a cage. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's it for me, Carson. Uh, this was great. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Sorry about our uh, technical difficulties. And if you're just catching the end of this, we're going to uh, post it as a podcast on the site later on. So appreciate the questions, and we will talk to you guys next week. See you. Later, dude.